You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty and uh, we've got a bit of a different one tonight. Uh, we've got a few new crew. Now, you may may know uh, Dan uh, from Impact Dynamics. Dan, how you doing? Hello. Um, I said, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Good. I'm, I'm I'm genuinely interested in how you're going, mate. Well, we no, shut up. Just spend on. the day together <laughs> on the range. I would have thought you'd know. Yeah, fair enough. It, uh, it, I guess you're going pretty well. Uh, excellent. Over there is Danny. How you doing, Danny? Good. Yeah. And what have you been doing today, mate? Absolutely nothing. Wonderful. That'd be a nice change for you. Work and sleep. Yeah. And we're going to get into your shooting history in a moment. And uh, also, Dave. How you doing, Dave? Yeah, good, Rusty. Good, mate. Thanks for coming along and joining us tonight. Thank you. And uh, we're up at Dan's house and uh, kicking back, enjoying... Well, as Dan mentioned, we're out filming today, actually. Yep. And um, that's been uh, been good fun, filming some uh, shooting-related things for a new project we're working on. Um, but got, got my favourite range back. Yeah, that's not that's beautiful property. You like it? I, I do, mate. That's, that's good. You've been there, Danny, haven't you? Plenty of times. Yeah, nods don't work on podcasts too well, mate, just, just so you know. <laughs> I'll just clarify for you. Um, yeah, no, it's a beautiful little spot and pretty much in yeah. shooting almost yeah, any direction. It. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. So uh, tonight we um, – well, let's see if anyone's got any particular news, but, you know, we don't no, have the regular crew really. here, so can't ask what, Gad, what uh, Badco's bought this week. But uh, we have got – these two guys sitting in front of us. I'm um, not counting Dan, although he'll probably answer some of the questions as well. Um, Danny, I'm not, I'm not a guinea pig, did I? No, well, sort of, yeah. You're more of a pig rather than the guinea bit. Um, <laughs> Danny and Dave, uh, I guess, if, if it's fair to say, represent um, sort of two different levels of, of shooter in, in terms of a PRS-type long-range sort of – Thing. Is that fair to say? Is that yeah? So Danny's yep. Yep. won a number of comps, um, local comps, and and Dave has probably just started getting into them. And I do want to say that I've seen a huge improvement in Dave over the last twelve months or so. However long you've been out shooting with us from time to time, but um, we I guess we've got two fairly vast representations, Dan, of, of yeah. shooters here, both with and the key thing was both with probably similar amounts of passion. Really excited guys about. PRS shooting about long range shooting, but with um, different levels of knowledge, and and we wanted to throw sort of the same questions to both you guys tonight about you know some of the stuff you've learned, some of the things that have been tough. So for those guys who are sort of kicking off, Dave, maybe your answer will resonate with some of them, um, and they can learn from some of the experience you've had recently. And Danny, for yourself, some of the guys who are listening with more experience, maybe out emphasize. Empath- I can't say the word. Empathize. Empathize. With you and uh, and some of the stuff that you know, some of the real new shooters may be able to learn a stack from. Is that all right, guys? We can ask you those questions again. Danny nods don't work too <laughs> yep, well, sure. mate. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll go with a yes. That's that that'll work heaps better, mate. Excellent. So, um, I guess we we probably want to start out a little bit like where you guys have come from in this shooting because I'm pretty sure from what I know, you guys have been shooting. Both of you've been shooting for a long time. You've been around guns for a reasonable amount of time. Um, Danny's nodding his, uh, shaking his head, but again, shaking your head doesn't really work on a podcast. So he's, I guess, I'm glad you're a better shooter than you are podcasting. <laughs> your concept of audio is uh, is lacking, but yeah, you know, I appreciate the willingness. So Dave, we'll start with you. If you've been shooting the longer the longer time, um, tell us how you got into it, and, and then sort of how you ended up um, getting stuck into this yep. type of stuff. Yeah, kick off, mate. All right. Well, um, I've been shooting for probably. Well over thirty years, yeah. Well, and um, it was my dad that introduced me to shooting, obviously. And, Great um, story. Yep. And uh, uh, for many years, uh, we'd go away hunting. Uh, you know, a couple of times a year, and uh, you know, I'd also shoot at the range. Um, what type of hunting did you do? What, what sort of stuff? Up in the Flinders Ranges, uh, yep. goats, goats, the foxes, all that sort of stuff. Also in New South Wales with the pigs. Okay. Oh, yeah, so cool, a bit man. of yeah, a bit of stuff. Deer yeah. at all or anything? I haven't had a go at deer yet. No. It's, uh, it's on the bucket list. Good. Yep. Good. Excellent. Um, and uh, for a couple of years, I was uh, shooting at a range, mm-hmm. um, trying to. Uh, it's a six hundred meter range, so I was trying to uh, learn by myself, basically shooting along the distances rather than the general uh, hunting. Yep. And. Um, 
I met a PRS shooter out there and yep. I was really inspired by what he was doing. And uh, I basically asked him to get on board and get and around it. And away you've been since then? Yeah, yeah, I love yeah, it. Yeah, nice, mate. What about you, Danny? What's, what's your story? You, you haven't been shooting all your life. When did this all kick off for you? Uh, so <clears throat> probably all started about a year before I got married. I thought you were going to say a year ago. That's nah, impressive, nah, mate. No, 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 not a year ago. <laughs> um, yeah, it would have been about 24, I reckon. Um, so, yeah, five, six years ago. Okay. Uh, went bunny shooting with my father-in-law and my brother-in-laws mm-hmm. and um, got the bug instantly, obviously. Um, had to get the gun license. Had to get a gun. Yeah. Um, that was all we were really doing for a while. Uh, probably try and get up there every couple of months as yep. much as we could, just go out for a spotlight. Um, then I think I bought a Centerfire, I bought, which was a 270, which I don't know why I bought such a big gun straight off. I've got that. a fair idea why you may have bought a 270. <laughs> I reckon I know. Anyway, we'll those, those, who know, those who know, we can leave to work that one out. Anyway. Um, bought a 223 as well. Um, and put a you know tactical style scope on it, uh, which was a PST. Mm-hmm. Came out to one of your ranges, one of your days. I think that was Callington. Oh, that was ages yeah. ago. We were shooting down at Monado yeah, one day. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, um, I remember that. And that was probably my first real go at longer range shooting, which wasn't really long really then. It was probably only four to 500 metres at most. Um, and then, yeah, progressed from there. Yeah, nice. Nice. And, and then you've been competing since and, uh, yeah, shot all sorts of... Uh, comps and done fairly well on 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 the whole yeah. yeah had to well obviously after all that then had to buy myself something to just do target shooting with like yep. a pure long range rifle and yeah the bug just kept going from there yeah so nice you've yeah. climbed up pretty quick mm. overall but have shot a lot as well yeah you've got a lot of time yeah yeah i think that's the biggest thing with shooting shoot as much as you can and that's where your experience comes. Mm. So during that time, like you've been, I know you like for particularly for a lot of time there, you're out every weekend smashing stuff through. And this question is coming to you as well, Dave, and probably you, Dan, as well, actually. Okay. Um, but um, through that journey, Danny, like um, what's been sort of some of the harder things that you've encountered and really had to work on, work through to, to get to where you are? Okay, probably the first thing that really got me that I was struggling with was reloading. Um, right. Trying to keep the ammo consistent all the time mm-hmm. was 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 the hardest part. Um, but obviously, once like anything, you get into a routine and it becomes second nature to you, and it, it doesn't really matter anymore. You know what's going on, why it's not shooting, or yep. obviously something's wrong. So you, you go back to the drawing board and you fix everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was wind. Yep, wind sure. just kills obviously everyone. You have to really, <laughs> really work on it and work on it and work on it until you nail it. You know. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, but in, in the start, you bring it back to the reloading one. Like, what specifically was there? There particular things that were were really battling with. Well, yeah, knowing when to trim your brass. Um, oh yeah, good call. And annealing was another big one. Obviously, neck tension plays a massive part of um, you know consistent ammo. Mm-hmm. And. You know, you let that slip and straight away you start having problems. You know, okay. your SD start to drop. You know, extreme spreads start to drop. You get your flyers left, right and centre. Yep. Oh, the centre ones are not so bad. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in that, did you find annealing made a big difference to your SD? Was that a big factor? Or Pro- Probably not so much SD. Well, I never actually checked it, to be honest. Right. Like yep. on a chronograph to see if that's, you know, what that it was. What I did see was that once I had done it, when I was seeding bullets... In the ammo, <clears throat> when I was loading my ammo, I wasn't seeing inconsistent neck tension. Oh, okay. And then when yeah, I was right. shooting, yep. I wasn't seeing flyers just out of nowhere. Okay, so it really brought down <clears throat> that, that variation. That's right. I've had the exact same experience. Yeah? Yeah, exactly yep. the same. And, and that's, that's fixed it, sold it? Yeah, yeah. Exact story is exactly the same. I used to have flyers, the odd flyer. The gun would shoot really tight, but you'd get the odd flyer. Mm. And it was after annealing, no more flyers. Just yeah, right. Fly shooting all the time. Nice. Dave, we're jumping here, but did you is reloading been a, a big part of your journey or has that been any aspect? Yeah, definitely. What Some of what Danny was saying is the same sort of stuff that I'm going through. I'm going through that reloading stage now. And, um, uh, yeah, very recently I'm starting to learn and I'm at the stage now where I need to start annealing. Okay, um, yep, so you're at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big topic. Yeah. So much mm. with reloading. I, mean. um, I know Andrew's brought up on number number of occasions. It's been mm-hmm. it's something he's real keen on on saying. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that 
um, helped me earlier this year mm -hmm. is the wind. And uh, I'd, I'd done a course earlier this year. Yep. yep and uh, I walked away learning a lot more, or at least with the information to learn more, uh, to go away and uh, try and study it more, if that makes any sense, because it certainly affects my shooting. That's cool. Yeah. What about yourself, Danny? Um in terms of the backing to the wind thing, because that's, I, I dare say that, like, if you asked 20 shooters, you know, one of the big challenges they've had, probably 18 are going to say the wind and two of them are lying. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. Um, oh, well, my, my sort of journey went with, well, spending a lot of time with Dan, who yep. obviously spends a lot of time on wind. Um, You're getting shout did, outs, Dan. Did one of yours. How much did you pay stay, for? Stay on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> Just come back to the time you spent with Dan. Did, yeah. did, um, did one of your courses. Yep, which um, Dan, Kai Kai. Dan partially wrote, yeah. Yep. So there you go. Um, and yep. then most of all, just shot in it. You know, yep. it's windy today, guys. Oh, you know, let's not go shooting. B let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's one of those big things. And we I think we talked about this on that last episode. We did, we did exact about, same thing. And about wind. Oh, I love change that attitude. I love that subject because when Really? Once I, you, no, I hadn't noticed. <laughs> when you get to that point where you're like, I like wind now, you know? Yeah, it's a bit You're looking but, for you know, it. like people say I hear people on range just say, oh, I can't wait till these new laser wind reading things come out, you know, it's gonna be so much better. And I just think, no, it's just gonna be so boring. <laughs> like anyone can do it then. It's yeah. wind that is the skill, no. you know what I mean? Well, that, it's, that's it's how probably I the, feel. Probably the guy with the biggest barricade stop that's gonna be able to win from yeah, there. Yeah, it'll just you know, it'll just change everything. Like <laughs> Dan got a new barricade stop. <laughs> you I just can't be taken seriously, can I? I mean seriously. <laughs> Should I go home? Oh I'm home. <laughs> that, you, that, that you can make wood chips with out of a tree. Yeah, that's right. It's a lumberjack <laughs> barricade. You basically drop it into the tree and the tree falls over. <laughs> Oh, good. So, um, Dave, back, you, know, you brought up wind as well. Has there been any others, guys, that, that you've found like you've got to a point of um, of a really tough challenge and, and you've had to work through that in your journey so far? Uh, any other topics with wind and some reloading stuff? Probably improving on techniques, shooting techniques, uh, moving from hunting where you'd, you know, you'd get your target you know, center of your crosshairs and squeeze the trigger. With the long range stuff, you've got to really concentrate on your, your fundamentals and your techniques. Yep. Mm. Um, otherwise, you're just going to miss. Yeah. Um, Don't yeah. blame you that. So yeah. consistency it in how you're shooting. Definitely. Yeah. But it's an interesting point to, to bring it back to. And was there any aspect to that fundamental, like bringing it back right to the, the shooting fundamentals, was there any particular aspect that you, you found challenging? Or was it just um, a matter of continual refinement on each? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Work on everything. It's basically starting again, learning how to shoot again, if that makes any sense. Yep. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, that's basically where I was with that as well. Just trigger control. Made sure that every time was no there was no jerk of the trigger. There was no slap, you know, and stay behind the gun, stay focused. Yep. And positioning behind the gun, try and keep it as consistent as possible all the time as well. Yeah, nice. You know, when you're laying behind the gun, make yourself squared with the gun. All the time, mm. yeah. It's, I, th I think people would hear that, and and it sounds daunting. All these different motions you go <laughs> through to just take get a shot off, but you get to the stage where you can just boom, you're behind the gun in that position. Like it just becomes natural because you've spent the time doing it over and over. Bit of, bit of cross promotion here. In if that, I guess yeah. What you're saying is like having all these things to think about, particularly on the fundamental side yeah. of things. Um, if you guys are listening and you haven't heard it yet, go back and go through the Paul Reed episode that we did with him. And if you have heard it, go back and listen to it again uh, because he talks about a, a particular drill that he does that puts all of these things in alignment. And once you do it to the point where you can do it without thinking about it, it becomes yeah. becomes a non-event. And, well, and he talks happens. about it really well. Yeah. You, yeah. you talk to someone who's starting out and you, you, you get to a point where you go and then you, you want to do this and... and, yeah. and Oh, well, now we're going to add this, and then there's this you've got to worry about, and you're just going, "Oh my god, how is this even possible?" But yeah. it is it, all that thing, all those things the happen in run a away couple by of now. seconds, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, nice lads. So, what, um, I guess on the flip side of that was, is if you guys have any uh, eureka moments or penny drop moments where like something's clicked, it may not have been one of your big tough challenges, but something's clicked and you've gone. That's really changed the way I shoot, or changed the, the whole game completely. That's. I can think of one. Go. Um, I mean, there's there's always. Otherwise, it's pretty I'm sure everyone's <laughs> everyone's got heaps. There's heaps, but they're hard to think up. But yeah. there's one moment I remember that changed my shooting, 
Yeah. And that was when I got a Kestrel, when I got hold of a Kestrel yep. and having DA, that my data just got correct and I was density, getting hit. Density there. attitude for the oh, in the know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I was relying on uh, weather stations, local weather stations. And it yep. just, once I got the Kestrel, just so much more consistent with my shooting and my data and everything. That was a big one for me. I remember, Danny, you on that course, and the same course we covered wind on, the same course we covered DA and atmosphere. And I, I particularly remember we've gone through atmospherics and, and barometric pressure and temperature and all this sort of stuff, and we start writing down like the variation you see. Um, and so, you know, change temperature and how much does it vary. You, you drop and change this and how much does it vary. And you've basically just shut the book and gone, well, that's why I can hit all winter and not summer. <laughs> that sounds like you. <laughs> and, and I've just gone, or you might have even said, that's why I hit in the morning, I'm missing the afternoon. Yeah. And he's just gone, does it make sense that, now? That's what I'm I was hit seeing. Everything. That's what I was seeing, you know. I mean, it, you know, yeah. 500 metre shot, no big deal, but you're trying to get real good at 1,000. I mean, it's a hit or miss on a small target. Mm. Mm. I, I particularly yeah. remember you talking. Oh yeah, <laughs> See, the, the day, seasons yeah. change, and you're chasing your tail, constantly calibrating to the seasons. You're like, why isn't it? What's going on? Get that Kestrel. You got the atmosphere changes, and everything just trees up. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. I think yeah. the pennies just dropped. I need a Kestrel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm whatever one for sale. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, Dave, if you don't take it, and get in touch with the podcast, and we'll hook you up with Danny. <laughs> Um, cool, cool. So, I mean, atmospherics is a big one, DA, that sort of thing. Any, anything else from you guys? Well, for me, my main one was laying behind that gun. Um, yep. I think it was actually you, Dan, were standing mm. behind me while I was shooting. And you said, what are you doing, mate? What yeah. are you doing? And you stepped on my, my ankles to make my feet well, flat. I don't now. remember this. You don't remember that? <laughs> no. I do. No. This is, he's I actually accusing do. you of salt right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it's that. It's on the record. Um, but I did find the minute I started laying properly behind the gun, you know, legs spread, yep. um, ankles flat or yep. feet flat, um, you know, back arched, it, it, I found the consistency spot on yeah, with, right. with, with the, you know, shot-to-shot placement. Soaking up the recoil better. Mm. And, yeah, right. So a question for you on that. Do you think that... Um, it's necess- It's specifically necessary the the position you take, or is it the fact that you're conscious of taking a certain position, and because you're conscious of it, you're consistently in the same position, that is actually the improvement that you see, and it and it can be both. But good do, question. Do you? Th- I, yeah, I think you've just hit it there. I think it is both. Um, it's a bit. Uh, yeah, it. I think it's a bit hard for me to really explain. So you could, bloody good question. You could yeah. take you could take an average position, but you're in that average position every single time the exact same. I would argue you'd probably see a better consistency than being in a really good position but flapping about a fair bit and sometimes being in an awesome position, sometimes not. Um, my my guess would be if you were in average spot but you were in the exact same average spot every single time. I mean consistency really does play a big role, even how you lie behind yeah. the gun. Yeah, um, no, any anything with long range shooting becomes consistency, w- yeah. whether it be right or wrong. But yeah. <laughs> if, if things are consistent, it's always going to be yeah. the same, you know. And then you can sort of pick up where and where not to change things. Yeah, I, I go with that. I, I've, I can think of numerous things where I see yeah. guys that are using form that I would say is not perfect, but they shoot bloody well. Yeah. So I leave it be because what it's working for them. So mm. it doesn't have to be textbook technique but it's working and they're doing it consistently. I remember one guy was out in a course, and Dan, you'll probably remember this one. He uh, he didn't have the best position behind the gun. Actually, no, another example. He, this guy had a really good position behind the gun, text, like outside of textbook, directly in line with the gun, mm. but his results downrange were scattering high and low. Okay. And what we worked out by watching him was that he, while his position was really good and, and read you know all, all the sort of ways we'd recommend, his uh, consistency into the bipod was was varying from shot to shot. Yeah, okay. So really good position, but you're really inconsistent. And I think he transferred back to something that he could be more comfortable in. I think he, he could get the pressure right. The bipod loaded consistently every time and his groups came down significantly. Mm. Um, I don't know if you remember that particular 
guy. I, I, um, I, I'm remember. I don't. I'm not even remembering a person, but I am remembering a shooter that would sometimes load the bipod and sometimes pull back on it. Yep. Sometimes load it, and, some, yep. and it was quite noticeable. Yeah, and you, the same we got a lot of vertical yeah. drift in it. Yeah, yeah. I reckon they're the same guy. Yeah, I mean um, that's got to play a part in where your bullet's going. Mm. Mm. Dave, any any standout for you, mate? Um, no, not at this stage. Probably just um, uh, getting. For me, it's about a matter of getting into a comfortable spot, but making sure um, that uh, you know, making sure everything's steady and all that and comfortable I can see the target properly and all that and then making it mm. all work um, yeah one of the thing, the ones I remember I know I'm not asking myself these questions but I'm going to answer anyway do it yeah uh, was the thumbs up position switching over from from a like a shotgun strangle where mm. we grab the the um, stock really tight around to relaxing that whole hand even to the point of dropping that thumb around and so we call it a thumbs up position a lot of stocks and chassis are now designed to have like a thumb shelf where you can rest your thumb on mm. and changing over to that position where you haven't got the pressure on the side of the gun um, you're just resting it and it's sort of in line with your trigger pull I, f- I found that changed a huge amount yeah um, for me it's a um, lot more comfortable it's a lot more comfortable I found it heaps more accurate mm-hmm. and and a lot quicker hell of mm. a lot quicker yep yep um, so yeah, that's that's one of the things that I, I remember in my journey was was a big change yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, it's one. Of, would you? I don't know if you would agree, but it's one of them things. Sure. Why not? However, you come across it when you first stick your thumb out, and the first time you shoot, you're like, "Wow, that's so much better." It's not a gradual. Uh, for me, it wasn't anyway. Yeah, no, I I, like, I'm with you, but I've seen I've seen the opposite. I've seen guys who have who have, who have put their thumb out, way. and and what they've done is they put their thumb out and shot and gone. That doesn't feel great at all. And yeah, then they've looked okay. at their group and gone, holy crap. Uh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this. And, yeah. and it's been a real conscious, yeah. almost a battle to make sure they do it every time. Mm. But their results speak for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've seen plenty of guys too go through the same as I did. They do oh, it yeah, the, you know, the very absolutely. first time. They're like, look at you and they're like, yes, this is so <laughs> yeah. much better. I, oh. well, I think one of the last... One of the last courses we did, a guy said to me, "This just for this alone was worth coming to the course." He was that wrapped in how yeah, it changed I, how yeah, he felt I in shooting that. a gun. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's great when that happens ten minutes into a two-day I course. Mean, if he could have told us that, yeah, and then we just go home and, <laughs> well, and you just packed up go and to gone the pool home or something. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the pub pretty quick. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? Do you shoot thumbs up at all? Has that been a good thing for you? It's some, very new to me, but it's something okay. that I'm going to be looking into. Yeah. Um, I've got a chassis rifle with a AR style grip. Okay. And yep. um, for me, naturally, is holding it. Of in course. A typical and typical. Yeah. Pistol grip, but um, thumbs out is something that I'm going to be trying uh, next time I'm out in the range. Nice, nice. For me, yeah, I I can't shoot the other way anymore. It has to be thumbs <laughs> up. I I feel yeah completely wrong behind yep. the gun without my thumb. I find it releases tension. Like yeah. if you get down behind the gun, you're about to take the shot, but you're not thumbs up, and then you. As soon as you release your thumb out, you just feel that tension go in your whole forearm, mm. you know? Mm. Absolutely. So the the other question for you guys, or a few, a few more, um, what's your favourite like, well, favorite PRS stage you've shot or the favourite style or the type of, type of stages you like shooting? What, what have you enjoyed? Oh, I'd have to go with my favourite being snooker. Tell us about... Um, about was a snooker stage. so snooker's basically where well, you're playing it like the game snooker. Hmm. Um, you've got to come back, hit the red ball, um, and then pick a colour, shoot that one, come back, hit the red ball, pick a colour, shoot what, that one. All at obviously multiple distances, different yep. different distances. Um, and yeah, awesome, awesome stage. Yeah, you cleaned fun. it the last time you showed it. Yeah, I did. Didn't play with that one. <laughs> yeah, prior to that, it was his least favourite stage. But now that he's, he's conquered it, it is I actually didn't stage. do too bad with that the first time I shot it either. Um, yep. Wasn't perfect, but yeah. How far I did you get? Uh, the first time I shot it, I don't reckon I shot the two furthest targets. I didn't even shot shoot for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's a good layout, though. It's a good range. Yeah. yeah. Mm, it's a really good wind tester because you're on different angles. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Dave, what about you, mate? What do you enjoy? Probably any stage that's got the Titanic in it. 
So the, the, the wobble platform. Yeah, you I like, that, you like the yeah. wobble platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. You're um, a good bloke. A lot of targets are inside, you know, 400, 500 metres. Wow. And, um, yeah, when you hit the target at that distance, it's, it's really good because, you know, yeah, the target, every, everything's moving and you've got to yeah. time it. There's a lot more to think about. I yeah. think you either love it or hate it. Yeah, 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 I love, I love it. it. Yeah. yeah, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I do think that the uh, love or hate ratio is completely in proportion to how damn good you are at it. Oh, and Dave and I are sensational yeah. at it. Yeah. <laughs> We're brilliant, so that's why it's like we enjoy it. Yeah, Danny, you've actually you've got a good history on that thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I haven't done too bad with Titanic. I, I wouldn't say I'm great at it, awesome at it, but no. yeah, I'm consistent on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always get hits. That's well, for Ted's sure, consistent. But, yeah, <laughs> consistently missing. <laughs> Not as consistent as me, mate. <laughs> Never hit. <laughs> Yeah, nice. It's uh, it's good for any others. I mean, Dan, what about you, mate? Favorite stage? Yeah, you you'd be a barricade runner, wouldn't you? Yeah, we got one we call the cubby. It's like an old kids cubby yeah. where you shoot over the top of it through the window. That's my favorite. I just love smashing through that real quick. It's good fun. Yeah, it absolutely. pretty much replicates night shooting out of youth windows or off the bonnet or something. You know, so yeah. something I've always done and I'm pretty good at it. So I just love it. Yeah, yeah good nice. fun. Good fun. Absolutely, it's, it is good. I'm, fun. I'm quite happily. I'll quite happily run it 10 times without even being in a comp just because it's fun. <laughs> That's sort of barricades. That question is not actually for the podcast. I'm just doing research for the next PRS okay. event. Okay. Just writing, down. <laughs> <laughs> writing stages down. No. Um, no, it's good. It's good to see a bit of diversity actually in yeah. terms of that. Um, in terms of, it's, I guess that's the joy of the, the PRS style events is because you're not restricted to one type of, one style of stage you're going to encounter. You're going to encounter a whole stack of stuff. Really fast barricade stuff, longer range sort of stuff where you really got to take your time, pick wind or um, some unusual object that you're floating on top of. Um, it's funny how everyone's good at one thing, bad at another, yet ultimately every shooter's trying to be good at everything to be on the top. Well, I had this discussion with someone the other week and we were just talking about PRS being a, like a, a – I think it appeals to a lot of people because they – actually, I think this might have been on the podcast, but now I'm going to have old ground – uh, but it really is a test of like the most versatile shooter. Yeah, yeah. Totally. We can, you can, you, you know, over a match, you've got to be really good at a whole stack of things. So, you know, guys who are sensational barricade, like yourself, Dan, may get completely hung up on shooting a wobble platform. Yep. And Dave will smash you on that. So yep. it's um, totally, mate. Totally. It, it keeps it <laughs> nice and fair. Keeps you well rounded. Yeah. What about um, the opposite side? What sort of stages do you hate? Oh, you already know the one. <laughs> I know, you I know the already one. know yeah. the stage. Right, so moving I can't on even f- remember what it's called. Moving on from that one that we can't remember. What what are, what, what other stages do you hate? Uh, to be quite honest, no. none of them really. Like them? I actually enjoy yeah, all of them. They're um they all keep you thinking. That's what I like. They don't. You can't just walk up to there and go, yeah, I've got this. So is there, know, is there one? Gotta... Is there a stage style like type of thing where you walk up to and you go, oh no, like physical stuff or is it distant stuff or? Nah, to to be completely honest, I mean, as I said, I enjoy all of them. Yeah, um, very I enjoy dip- the very challenge. Very diplomatic answer, isn't he? He's going yeah, yeah. He's not normally like this. He's really <laughs> he'll tell you exactly what he doesn't like real quickly. Nah, all the, the only, guys who know you, Danny, I think that's what going, makes you this guy? such a strong competitor and a good all round um, <laughs> yeah, comp nah, shooter. Is you strategic? You know, you think through and you know yeah. very consistent in how you know the way you attack each stage. It's good. Yeah. Nice. Dave, any particular one you hate? Probably small targets a long way away. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Preach it. Preach it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. 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 Um, But a a bad day on a match day is still better than a good day at work. So, you know, it's... um, that's it's, well it's, said too, I think. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> you guys are all playing it's, the it's diplomatic really cards. Very well said. <laughs> nice. Unsupported. I hate unsupported. <laughs> that's the one yeah, that's right. like where you don't have any support. You just got to stand there and shoot or whatever it may be. Anyway, we I'm, haven't I'm done a lot of them locally though, have we? Uh, We've only done one that's been un- unsupported. Oh, you, standing, you usually which... try and throw something in there. But I mean, I just got back from the Vic shoot. Uh not too long ago, and, and there was a, a bit of that in now. there, was it? And yeah, unsupported. You just had a sling, and what I think what made it worse for me was that the two the two days before the night we were at the pub with a few guys, and one of the guys we, we were looking through the list, going, "Mate, we've got no idea what these are. What's uh, unsupported? I mean, I got a fair call. You can't use a bipod or you run Hawkins." And the guys like, "Yeah, no, you can't do that. You can use a sling in a bag." I'm like, "Oh, that just became easy. I can just throw my backpack under it and just shoot it." 
Yeah. Like, you're rock solid. Got there. Yeah, no, that that was absolute rubbish. <laughs> Amish, if you're listening. And, um, and yeah, no, he's completely unsupported, just sling, and, and the gun couldn't be touching the ground or anything, so... Anyway, again, Danny, it's, it's it's good fun. It's good to try. It certainly exposes your weaknesses, but didn't particularly enjoy it. Yeah, Dan, no, but again, something you don't do a lot of either. Oh, well, so that's probably okay. put some time into it, and yeah. you know, that's the thing. May, there. May that's the thing. It. There, always be looking at your weakness I, and I, make it a strength. I didn't say I didn't enjoy. It. I just hate it. <laughs> Getting you out of your comfort zone, though, yeah. from what you're used to, yeah. um, is part of the fun, though. That's isn't all it, really? it is. Yeah. That's what it comes down. To. Like the wobble platform, I'm I'm not good on it, and is that, that's is that because you say yours, Dan? I avoid it. I hate yeah. it. I mean, I, I, I got so many opportunities to practice on it, and I'm yeah. just like, I hate that thing. It's not fun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is fun when you nail a thousand meters off of it, though. It's good fun. It's good fun. Nice. So what, um, I guess this is leading us on to like some of your strengths in your competition shooting. And don't just tell me what you're amazing at because you know, we, we, we all know what you're amazing at. Um, but some of the stuff that you like identified and really worked on, so being like stage prep or being whatever it is, like tell me um, some of the areas that you have really consciously made an effort at. And certainly not perfected, but you, you find yourself uh, was a real battle for you and now you're sort of on top of it a lot more. Danny? Well, basically for me, the, the main parts of PRA shooting become, yeah. you know, um, uncomfortable positions, yeah. um, which is basically what I tried to do to myself is every time, you know, I came to Kai Kai, the, fir- the first thing I'd do is put myself in uncomfortable positions. You know, I'd shoot off the cubby left-handed. I'd shoot off Titanic left-handed. I'd shoot levels left-handed. I'd, I'd do everything uncomfortably. Um, and eventually, again, like I said, it just becomes second nature and, becomes effectively quite easily easy i know what you mean though if you start shooting real uncomfortable positions then when you do your normal style shooting it feels a lot easier yeah yeah uh, dave anything for you mate be working under time pressure um yeah good call yeah uh yeah when you're at the range you can take your time taking a shot but when you're right when you're in a stage uh you know you've got a matter of seconds to know your targets mm. yeah really good point um, what have you done to to get better at that? Is there anything particularly you've done? For me, probably not think about the time pressure, not think about okay. the time. Just try, just work real fast. Yep, just just get done what you can get done. Yeah, yep. Just go at a speed that's comfortable. Yep, yep. Mm. Right. Yeah, probably for me was practicing to get behind the gun as fast as possible. So be be on mm. target as quick as possible. Target acquisition was the one that. I was losing the most time on, so the quicker I could get onto that, yep. the less time I'd lose. Yeah, nice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Dan, anything for you, mate? Um, nothing that comes to mind. No. Probably what my my weakness is paying attention to cause a fire. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not doing this to be funny, yeah, but yeah, like, no, I just, you're spot on. You're you spot know, like. I don't know. I've shot a long time, a very experienced shooter, and I think I just get lazy in the brain, you know, like course of fires, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, we shoot that target there. No worries. All right, go. And there's some rule in there that screws me. Yeah, yeah. like um, <laughs> shoot one round at that target yeah, and then move on to the next target and uh, you, you shoot one round at it and then yeah. you shoot two yeah. and then three. <laughs> And four, I'm and then halfway, five. Dan, halfway, go, Dan, go, I'm halfway go, through go. my bag and I hear Danny's voice going, just go, Dan, just go. <laughs> the problem is that second shot counts for your next shot on the next target. Yeah, the yeah. third shot counts for... Yeah. So you end up uh, not doing well. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man, nice. Yeah. So um, I guess I was going to ask you guys about reloading stuff, but we've sort of covered that in some of the challenging... You've, you've had is there any other reloading bits and pieces that you guys have found make a big big difference to what you're doing not really no. um i've done the whole way brass thing mm-hmm. and batch your brass oh, yeah. um, i've done the whole way the bullets thing i mean i shoot burgers mainly yep. and they tend to be you know pretty, pretty spot on anyway so i don't even to be honest i don't even bother doing it anymore yeah um but the whole brass thing i actually didn't see anything drastic okay we're out on the targets anyway so i've actually stopped doing that as well um again we're not, we're not shooting f class we're not shooting for the you know the 10 cent piece at a thousand meters we're shooting a piece of steel which 
it's I, I don't think that sort of stuff is really going to get you. Pur- purpose of use, yeah, yeah, exactly what you're doing for it. Yeah, nice, nice, and and Dan. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we all go through those things. We've just got to knock them out. So for our own peace of mind, yeah. we know, you know, otherwise it's just another thing you can't blame anymore. Mm. Yeah. Dave, anything for you, mate? Or you? No, I'm I'm still learning the loading. This is very much one of the things you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Our yeah. PRS has got me into uh, yep. loading and learning all the principles behind it. Yeah, nice. So tell us a little bit about the equipment you guys are running. Give us a give us a rundown of that. Yeah, I like this sort of thing. Good. Well, you can start. Me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. So I use a RCBS Rock Chucker Press, a second-hand one. That's is it mounted on the Picatinny rail or something? Is it? <laughs> no, is it's it? literally just <laughs> tech screwed to my bench. You're probably right. I, I was I was implying what guns you run, but no reloading equipment. Oh, I thought you said reloading gear. No, I just okay. said equipment. But you're right. I left it open-ended. My fault. It's one of my weaknesses on stages. Mm. What I have to get better at interviewing. So it's your fault. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most things are, mate. Blame Rusty. Most things Blame are. Blame Rusty. <laughs> yeah. Unless bad goes around, that's definitely his fault. Yeah. <laughs> um, we can take us through your reloading. Oh, nah, we? trust me. You don't want to hear about my reloading gear. So You're right. We'll, we'll go to the rifle. We'll go to the rifle. Yeah. yeah. I like the rifle. So, um, yeah, Remington 700, yep. um, trued up. Krieger, seven and a half twist heavy palmer barrel. Mm-hmm. Uh, APA brake. Um, Night Force twenty MOA rail, Vortex Razor Gen two, um, mm-hmm. Manners. What reticle in that? Uh, EBR two C. Find nice. that awesome for this type of shooting when you've got multiple targets. Um, yeah. Holding holding wind and elevation with that reticle is just a walk in the park. Um, per- perfect for this type of shooting, I think. Yep. Um, not too busy. Not but enough information on there for you. You know, get the job done. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, Manners T two A. Yep. Um, and that's about it, really. Um, AI mags. I've recently ordered some uh, double stack American Rifle Company magazines. They're, I'm really interested to see how they go. Actually, yeah, I'm I'm a yeah. bit concerned about how they've already said that they need to be kept really clean to run smoothly. Well, um, I've got no chance with them then. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> so I oh, will find out next week, though. Yeah, cool. Going to give them a go. So see Absolutely. what happens. What bipod do you use? Uh, I actually switch between a Harris and an Atlas depending on what I'm doing. So, okay. Whether it's shooting or cleaning the gun. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be quite honest, if I'm running a stage that requires... Okay, let's say, for instance, I think last time we did one of the local comps, you did Titanic, Cubby House, back to Titanic. So it was, for so me... Wobbleboard to like a barricade, back yeah, to a wobbleboard. So for yep. me, that was... It's not a Rolf Harris wobbleboard, by the way. <laughs> floating platform. Just, just to clarify. That, that was that, a great That stage. was a, a, a bipod shot for me and then three non-bipod shots and then went back to a bipod shot. Yep, so you so run the Harris? That, I'd run the Harris. Yep. Um, if I was predominantly just shooting off bipod, I'll run the Atlas. I actually feel a lot more comfortable prone shooting with the Atlas, uh, okay. much much better on the load and everything. So you would say the Harris is better for um, packing it away and getting it back out, deploying quickly? 100%. Yeah. 100%. The yeah. Atlas takes way too much time. Now, if I've you were shooting a stage where you had one shot with, let's say, a bipod and then your next shot was all barricade so you didn't need the bipod and you've got the quick release on the uh, Atlas, you can just rip yeah, it off. Yeah. Whereas... You know, I mean, there's mounts now that you can do that with a Harris anyway, so it becomes relevant again. What about your load? People like to hear about loads and MVs and things. Nah, just you, Dan. That one's a bit of a secret. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Nah, um... It can't be mine. (laughs) 2208, um... Yeah, 2,900 feet per second. Yep. Nice low SDs. You said burgers. Yep, 130 burgers. Cases, um, anything six, particular cases? Just Lapua cases. I can't get anything else for that calibre. Six and a half by 47 Lapua. Yep. Um, yeah, things... You could fire form two to three, but it won't work too well. I don't think it Are they the all. small primer? <laughs> uh, yeah, small yep. rifle primer. Um, seem to handle pressure really well. Yeah, really consistent, really easy to load for. Like, I can be mm. sloppy... With my no, loading. It's not fussy. Um, now, when I say sloppy, I'm not talking, you know, <laughs> let's just chuck, you know, some some powder in a case and scrape it off with a butter knife. I'm talking, you what know. What seating depth? Point, point one, you know, either side of what my load originally was, and I haven't actually seen too many problems out to 700 metres with it. Yeah, okay. Um, 
in saying that too, I'm not sloppy with it. I, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I just, no, I, no, I, I'm okay. sloppy with it, but, but I'm not actually sloppy with it. The, the words yeah. were, I can be sloppy with I it, think, but I try not to. Good uh, experienced shooters will go, will be saying, yeah, I know what, you, I know what he means. Yeah, but yeah, beginners yeah. are going, be going, hang on a minute. That sounds horrible. Whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> I think it, that that case seems Sometimes to be really... Sometimes they use the wrong powder. Yeah. <laughs> Consistency, consistency. Yeah, now, actually, now I, actually, sometimes, sometimes I mix 2208 and 2209. It just depends on the day. <laughs> sometimes I don't the, have enough of it. up in the microwave. And <laughs> now, so what, it's what, 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 what you saying. call a custom burn rate. <laughs> <laughs> you can try pistol powder. <laughs> now, what, what I was actually getting at with it was that that case seems to be really unfussy with loading. Um, yep. yeah, yeah. It, it's just so easy to load for. It's very easy to find loads. It's got nodes all over the place. It's yeah. It's very very. It has easy. that reputation, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. Like it's it's not a you know a, I've, I'm done chasing MV. It it just falls where it falls for me now. Yep. And if it's accurate, that's it. As long as I know the gun, it doesn't matter. Yep. To me. Nice, Dave. What are you running, mate? Uh, running a uh, Rem 700 mm-hmm. 308. Uh, the rifle itself is just standard stock barrel, stock action. Yeah. Um, it sits in a PRP. Mod chassis, uh, oh, yes. locally yep. made. Yep. Nice. And um, uh, the loads that I'm running with it, you know, vary from 168 grain to 175 grain um, mm-hmm. Sierras or Hornadies. Um, same as Danny, run Lapeal brass. Yep. Um, that helps with the consistency for me. Sure. Um, with the loading gear, I'm just running uh, just the basic Lee gear at the moment, but. Mm-hmm. Um, as I'm learning a bit more about it, uh, obviously. Slowly updating bits and pieces yeah, as you go. Yeah, as I'm working along, yeah. It's a really good way to go. What, what scope you got on that? I don't, did you say? Uh, it's a Force te- Vortex. Um, it's a PST Gen 2. You only got that recently, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. What, did you, what were you running before that? Uh, the Gen 1. Gen 1. Yep. Um, and what I like about that, Dave, is, is it's a really... Um, you've probably done it the way that many people probably should. And, and lots of people sort of think, oh, you just need to throw money at the gun. Where you've bought something pretty standard, and then just sort of added bits and pieces as they've gone along. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and very then, basic, yeah, entry level sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And, and and it's performing well for you. Yeah. Um, upgraded scopes and bits and pieces as you go along. It's it's a yeah. really good way to go about it. Yep. Yep. Mm. Well, well, what was your first sort of comp gun? Uh, it was a the same rifle I'm actually shooting it's, it's now. The same action. Uh, same action. Yeah, I should say. Yeah. Um, and it was actually in a GRS stock. Um, it wasn't so much of a comp gun, I'll say. Then, um, probably more, yep. more just um, just spotlighting and still long range. Okay, you know, yep. um, and you know that was what I learned to shoot long range with. Yeah, um, and quickly realised that that stock became very limited to what I could do with it. Um, mm. And moved to a KRG Whiskey Three. Chassis. For about 10 minutes? Yeah, for about 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> and then finally pulled the trigger. That matters. <laughs> I like the um, I like the KRGs. Yeah. But you're just not... You're I, not a chassis fan, I, are you? No, no. I do I do like chassis, but for, I... Because you own so many of them. <laughs> only one. <laughs> and um, yet you sold it in about a day yeah, or so. A so day or two. Big, big fan of chassis. Yeah. No, I, I, I liked it. So I remember you holding mine for months every time, and you'd be like, oh, yeah. I've got to have comp. one of these. No, I've got to have a one. comp with that, actually. I, I shot a comp with Dan's gun. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, right. That's um, right, yeah. That's why it came so far down. Yeah, it was a throw away. Like he cleaned one stage, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, you got that wrong. We made him clean up one stage. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was so bad at it. Clean up brass. Yeah, no, I actually, I actually liked the chassis, but I felt for this kind of shooting, it didn't suit me right. It was good okay. for just sort of set shots. You know, yeah, right. laying down behind the gun, taking your time, reading the wind, having a long shot at 1,000, 1,200, 1,300 metres. Precision long range. Uh, yeah, some precision shooting, you know, precision mm-hmm. long range shooting. Um, for comp shooting, it just didn't fit me right. Yeah, I couldn't right get comfortable okay. fast, if that's the word, yeah. whereas the manners just fit. It just yeah. works, you know. It makes sense. Everyone's different sizes and shapes. It's not going to work for everyone. See, I'm the opposite. Uh, I find that a chassis, once you've got it, Set right and really comfortable. I can move really fast through the stages with it, mm-hmm. um, but it's probably not a long range rifle for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'd probably be better off if I'm going to go long range. I'd probably be better off putting it in a uh, a stock rather than a chassis. Okay. So I'm kind of opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think stock stocks are a lot like scopes. They they're they're extremely personal. Um, 
it's not this one's better than that one. Unless you talk to Dan, of course, it's not. There's nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even get paid to say this stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, th- I do think they're a very personal thing. Um, yep. You know, you can get – I've had two guys get behind, you know, a Razor and a Steiner together, hmm. um, and not including me. I was out of the equation. I was just watching this happen. And both of these people said that the Razor was better glass-wise than two other guys – Completely irrelevant. Obviously, not their guns, not their scopes. Said the Steiner was. It's it's just, to me, it's just a personal thing. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think that's that's true on so many different pieces of equipment. Mm. And um and I know um Danny contacted me because I currently well only right at the moment have an MPA chassis uh, that I've been playing with today. Really, I've only got it for for yeah. a couple of weeks. And Danny's was saying, you know, chassis or stock? Which one do I go? And and really the point was I, I don't know man you got to choose whichever one you like because um, I'm probably in the process I'm actually you know sort of migrating towards chassis a little bit uh, but only really out of a an interest or I'd like to run chassis for a while because I, I want to sort of have a real good understanding of chassis. Yeah. Um, same thing when I changed from MOA to mill is I sort of sold all my scopes and bought new ones and and yeah, yeah went the whole hog yeah forced myself to get used to something different so. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting thing. But yeah, yeah, I don't think you shoot any better or worse with them. Um, it comes down to what you're used to. Yeah, stop no well, which is going to work better. You guys are both mills, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm converted. Yeah, yep. yep. legends. I'm converted. Legends over here. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, let's turn Dan's mic off. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Uh, cool. All right, guys. So we uh, we got one more question for you, and this comes down to our "Would you rather?" Okay. So, would you rather shoot steel every weekend? You could, you could, or you know, could choose to do it or not. But you have the option to go shoot like a PRS type match or practice or anything every single weekend, or go on a full week's hunt once a year. Anywhere you like, any type of shooting, any type of hunting. But if you chose one, you could never do the other. Steel every weekend. Steel every weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, but I agree. I agree. Still every yeah, yeah, as definitely. much as much as I love hunting, yeah. um, to be able to only go once a year, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dan? Yeah, I'm still. It's still still. Yeah. Still. And uh, it's a great question because there was a time, I reckon, if you asked me, I would have said most the total of opposite have... instantly. Yeah. I think but probably I think, a few years ago, most of us would And I think insane. some people would hear the answer of still and go, oh, man, you know, target yeah. shooters are... Yeah, but, but they haven't shot it, have they? Well, there's there's that, but there's also the aspect of wanting to shoot all the time. That's mm. why I would choose the steel because yeah. I would still get to shoot all the time. All right, D- tell me, does it change your answer if that became to two two weeks of hunting a year? Still not enough. No. Yeah. No. No. Three weeks of hunting. Still is not enough. Still no. At what point would you change your answer, Danny? How many? It weeks? has to be half. Have to be half. Yeah, probably not so in twenty six weeks. weeks. No, no, we're not going to so say week blocks. Like, but if I could say, let's say, twenty weekends of the year, I could go hunting, then it, it'd possibly start to twist my arm. Really, that that yeah. significant? It'd okay. have to be a lot. I'd want to be able to shoot a lot. And yeah, it would also it depend on that's the quality of the property. I know you're saying, and, whatever uh, you choose, like in the, yeah. the, in the in the theoretical scenario that we're playing with. I mean, a good you, hunt is a good hunt. Yeah, so you could be a week in Africa if that was your thing. You could be a week in New Zealand if that was your thing. You could be a week just smashing foxes outside this place. Um, entirely uh, up to you. Okay, so you'd, you'd have to be like 20 days, 20 weekends. Well, if I can only pull the trigger, you know, yeah, for okay. two weeks of the year... What yeah. fun is that? Like that's not enough downtime for the year. Well, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's not enough it, trigger time. It's not uh, enough fun. It's, it's, it's a very intriguing. clever question because it's is it's like you're being asked what do you want? What do you like to shoot better, steel or hunt animals? Shoot animals. Where I see the question is, it's the shooting that answers the yeah, question. Yeah, you bang away a hundred rounds in a match in a matter I'm of a I'm not out there because I want to hit the steel or I want to hit an animal I'm out there because I want to pull the trigger. Yeah. So whatever mm. has the more time is what I would mm. take. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, we, that's, that's, that's probably some of the most interesting responses. Hey, actually, I'm going to ask Dan and Dave, at what point would you change from steel to, to hunting? How much would you have to hunt to make it worthwhile? Because I reckon that if this question was hunt once a month or shoot steel every weekend, I reckon a lot of guys would go with the hunting. 
Because I think for a lot of guys, hunt, uh, yeah. shooting once a month would be enough for them. Um, yeah, well, a, a good hunt is a good hunt. So it's uh, you still got to rate it and mm. want it. Yeah. Um, it's a tough question. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah, okay. Cool, Dan. I mean, nailing that steel at 1,000 metres was really, yeah, really... It's, pretty it's addictive, hard to top isn't it? that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty addictive. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll make sure we put that one up on Facebook. I like how you avoided the second part of that, Dan. Um, we'll make sure we put that question up on Facebook because I'm, I'm really intrigued. At, at what point would it change over for you? What, what point would you go from your answer steel now? Well, that's what I was hunting. saying. Steel or animal doesn't change its amount of time on trigger for me. Right. So Having said that, I've hunted lots. I've shot. So it's still done a lot of varmint. Still every so, weekend, fifty-two weekends of the year. Yeah. But if it was hunting forty-nine weekends of the year, you'd still go still because not whatever as much as much. It's the shooting. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. So cool. I don't care what I shoot at as long yep. as I'm shooting the most. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sam, look where we are, man. He's never going to have that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Stop bringing reality into it, Danny. <laughs> this, this, you're no fun, mate. Um, yeah, we're going to chuck that up on Facebook because I'm really interested to hear what those yeah, listening great have question. to say. Uh, because uh, And I'm going to put this supplementary question of um, if your answer is steel, how many weekends of hunting would it take for you to change your answer to hunting? And I bet, you know, for some guys... They're listening to us wanting to do PRS sort of shooting, but they only go hunting every now and then and only yeah. go shooting every now and then. And for them, like a, a one-week epic hunt a year would be a no-brainer. They'd give up you know, give up yeah. all their other shooting to do so. Now, there's nothing know. wrong with that. That's cool. Nah. The guys that are dedicated hunters, I think that's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with hunting. I love it. But that's exactly where I was until the first time I came out to Yeah, you were a Monado. deer hunter, weren't you? Yeah. If you don't get enough time or opportunity to go hunting PRS – is uh you know it's it's there it's available mm. and uh it's excellent fun and it's so similar in so many ways yeah i mean yeah. everything relates we did, hunting prs relates in so many ways we do, did, did two podcasts on that this, very topic you're right well there <laughs> you go I obviously wasn't there this corner shooting really does make you a better hunter though i will say that as well it makes yeah. you a much better hunter yeah. yep makes you a much better shooter More which makes you a better hunter proficient I think, and we look, we we did spend two episodes on this topic, so I won't, I won't rehash it too much. But I think you, you're right, Danny, in that um, lots of other target shooting isn't really doesn't translate really well to the practical world. Whereas the PRS, as, as we mentioned before, really it talks about being the most versatile shooter, uh, about being really sort of adaptable to your situation, which is what hunting is. So. If you have to do kneeling, I have to do sitting, yeah. or whatever it may be, um, it does allow you to skill up for that side of things. But if you can only hunt once a week and never shoot during the week, it doesn't really matter which way you <laughs> do it. So, oh, very good, guys. Well, thanks heaps for coming along this evening. Thank you for your time, and uh, wish you all the best in uh, all the rest of the shooting you are doing and MPRS stuff in uh, 2018. And uh, Dan, no, no doubt we'll have you on the show again soon. That's can't, good. Can't That's seem good. to get rid of you. So it's uh, <laughs> all good. So, guys, thanks heaps for your time and uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, for Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au.